0: Hey folks, welcome to Follow the Leader, podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GM-less tabletop games where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter at FTLCast and at FTLCast.com. We also have a Patreon at Patreon.com slash FTLCast. Today we're playing This Town is Full of Monsters by Alex Moylove. For those of you who are new to this game, here are the basics. This Town is Full of Monsters is a storytelling slash role-playing game set in a smallish community beset by mysterious eldritch forces. There's always a town. There are always townsfolk. And somewhere, everywhere, perhaps in their hearts and minds, perhaps in the swamp or the woods, there are monsters, mysteries, and secrets. Uh, I'm Mac or MK. Uh, You can find me on the internet wherever you get good content at Citadel of Swords. Uh, You can find the writing that I do about wrestling whenever it is that I get around to it at gatecrashers.fan. I use they-them, I guess, today. That's what makes the most sense to me. Gender is bad. Uh, Playing with me today, we have Jade.
1: Hello, I'm Jade. You can find me most places on the internet at Rose. I use they, them pronouns. And if you would like some more actual play content and you aren't already listening to it, check out Dumb Kids Playing Hero, an Animorphs-inspired actual play podcast. We've just started our third season. Shit is up all over the place. On the walls, on the ceiling. It's bad. And it's great. <laughs> radio. That is Pod on Twitter. Uh,
0: also playing with me today, we've got Sam.
2: Hi! I'm Sam, you can find me on Twitter at SAKalo, and you can find my website at www.samkalo.art, newly reformed for user experiences work, and I use he-they.
0: And last but most certainly not least, with us we have August.
3: Hi, I'm August. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora. You can find things that I've written at harpydora.itch.io. You can find me uh doing a whole bunch of other stuff uh some of which you can find uh if you follow standing stones at stones underscore standing on twitter
0: hell yeah uh our lines which are things we absolutely do not want to see are homophobia and transphobia racism sexism anti-semitism violence against children and animals sexual assault domestic violence or intimate partner violence unwanted pregnancy plagues and pandemics our veils, which are things we're fine with addressing but we will just fade to black on, our steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. Uh, we might get a little body horror-y in this game, but I don't think we should go the bodily harm route this time. Mm-hmm. But just bear in mind that the the, the nature of the characters that we are playing inevitably uh, will lend itself a little bit to body horror, so just, just bear that in mind, um... Also, content warning for drug use and abuse. Mentions of not necessarily in the content of the game. Now that we've got all that, uh, we can get started. (laughs) Woo! Woo! Yeah. anything that we've ever done before, you'll
2: know that we love this game. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gotten to play it.
0: This is this is Sam's first time playing. I'm so excited.
2: This um, is my first time playing. I'm very excited as well because I know that you love this game and I'm ready to experience it.
0: Um, I am going to share, as I always do when we play a game of The Sound is Full of Monsters, I am going to share Alex's true wisdom which is some of my favorite game wisdom that has ever been written. 1. Answers are optional. 2. Drama is like a stormy ocean. 3. Life is a poem. 4. Absolute realism is boring. 5. Nothing is real. and 6. Games are games. These principles will lead you toward success and enjoyment. These principles, when taken full to heart, will guide you on your mysterious journey. These principles are the scaffold upon which hangs a multitude of worlds.
2: I want to put that on a poster. That rules.
0: Yeah, I feel like I really internalized this in a way that, like, has shaped the way that I write in the last few years. And it rocks so hard.
2: I understand why you love this game.
0: (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't want to talk everybody's ears off. Um so should we just like go down the list with stuff about the world and the town that we have created first and
3: then we can get into characters? Yeah? Sounds good. So as you can probably guess from the name of the game, uh, a big part of playing this town is full of monsters is creating the town. Um, For once in our fucking lives, we actually named the town before we got done generating it. So we're going to be... I have
0: no idea how we did this.
3: I I made an effort. I was like, no, we're not going to do this again. Um (laughs) It's
2: because the book called us out.
3: Yeah, the book has called us out multiple times. So the town that we're going to be playing in is a little space portal town uh, known as Concertus. It has a couple of locales that we have sussed out where major things happen. We have uh, the fairgrounds. We have the the space portal itself, uh, sort of think like a Stargate sort of uh, area. We have Metis and Nemesine, which is uh, a shop belonging to one of the characters, uh, whom we shall introduce in a few. Uh, we have the Monkey's Uncle, which is the local dive bar, um, the outskirts of town, and an area called the Gutted Plains outside the town, uh, which are very fun, uh, and we'll get into those uh, probably in
1: play. Oh, I added a th- There it is. Yeah, it is. It's under the Monkey's Uncle. <laughs> I thought um, I added the Portal Authority Terminal because uh if this is a town with a lot of people coming and going and I thought I would do a nod to the port authority bus terminal so I
0: I love that you did that
1: <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. That's fantastic.
0: So in this town is full of monsters I'm I'm hopping up a little bit to back to domains real quick. Mm-hmm. Um in this town is full of monsters the the world as it exists can be Loosely, roughly, you know, arbitrarily divided into four domains. The wilds, the deep, the fringe, and the heart. Um, The heart being sort of the center of where all of the action of the quote-unquote ordinary people happens. Uh, The wilds being the sort of mysterious and more natural. The deep being... I, I can understand the distinction between the deep and the wilds like in my heart of hearts but like actually explaining it i have to go back to where uh the wilds and untamed and in some cases uncharted space where nature still holds sway versus the deep which is a place beyond where ordinary folks rarely tread but it's usually just more hidden it's like a mirror side which is like more supernatural than natural and then the fringe which is kind of the blurry boundary between the heart and the wilds and the deep um so all of our locales kind of fall into or straddle at the very least one or more of these domains hell yeah and now now i'm really gonna stop talking i just love this game
2: (laughs) it's it's so good you don't have to stop talking it's a podcast that's what we're here to do
3: (laughs) Um, so another aspect of kind of like playing in the town is uh establishing a couple of organizations that we might bump into uh in the town. One of the organizations uh that we've established is uh Circolage, which is currently occupying the the fairgrounds. It is a uh traveling circus of some repute. And uh, the Circulage is run by uh, people who identify themselves as cogs. Uh, They're the general workers for the circus. Uh, We also have the United Portal Workers Chapter 349, which is uh, the union for the workers who keep the the portal and the surrounding port running. And, um...
2: I I realize that Perhaps um, astute listeners will realize that this is a part of our uh, six arcs in a movie.
0: If you're paying attention to the arc numbers, then yes, <laughs> we haven't said anything else about it yet. Thankfully,
2: yeah, astute listeners will know will know this. Um, so I was trying to think of how to fit the folks from where Sabriel's from, Sabriel's little little gang into uh, as an organization, but.
1: They could have a chapter here or like a splinter group.
2: Yeah, like a splinter group of like refugees almost. That's good. That's really good.
0: They can probably yeah. be under the protection of our of our our union.
2: Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't have a name for them or anything. I'm just gonna call them revolutionaries.
1: Great. Sounds good. Do we wanna have any kind of I hesitate to use the term police force, but is there any kind of peacekeeping or is it very sort of like community policing? Like, what vibe do we want to have for this town? Like, is there a, like an authority outside of the portal, of Port Authority? Um, or is it very sort of like a little Wild westy? Is there like just a sheriff maybe to give it sort of a little bit of that Wild West flavour, but like... We all did Wild Western space. Space sheriff. But like, so there could be like an individual with a couple of deputies and it's less about, we are here to enforce the law and more like we are here to liaise with other folks in the interest of the people who live here.
3: I think that it can, we can have some fun tension if there's some sort of like law enforcement presence in the area um, but especially since we're all escaped convicts. We don't tell people
1: that. <laughs> 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 Funny, okay. But... This is gonna sound really daft, possibly. No here such thing. here in the UK. Yeah. But hmm. thank you. I don't I don't know if it's true. Uh it might vary obviously from state to state, as most things do. But here in the UK, we literally have the British transport police. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are not the main police they are, yep. specifically police are the specifically ger- but what about that this is a portal town yeah so they're not I like cool. full-on like they're not like the people that run prisons they are not necessarily arbiters of law but it's like people who try to sneak places without paying and cause shit for the union workers like yeah if this whole town grew up around the portal it makes sense that this town would be under the jurisdiction of them.
3: Yeah, I like that idea a lot. And that, you know, that may be one of the things where it's like, they're not going to sit there running license plates specifically, Mm -hmm. but if you cause trouble, then they might run your ID and see if you've got a warrant out for your arrest kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I also like the idea that maybe they have scientists as part of their remit because they have to look after the portal as well Mm -hmm.
2: so i've put empyrean transit police under organizations do we want them to be associated do we want this town to be associated with like um because like we do have sort of a greater quote-unquote greater plot that we have been leading
1: towards Yeah. yeah the forces of order yeah so good shit yeah, hell yeah! Uh, I'm going to just throw out an organization name as well, just to add, so we have one. Uh, this I'm giving credit to my friend Lizzie from a game of the Sprawl uh, we did, but there was literally a group called Terminus, uh, the end, who referred to themselves as the end of the line, who uh, were not a fun bunch of people, but were a criminal organization, a lot of assassins. But I like the notion of they're there; they're just like at this pl- at uh concertus there is terminus like this group that seek to end things they could be a religious organization mm. like not not quite an apocalypse cult but like that kind of vibe like where like, all things end interesting i like that
0: oh that's gonna be that's gonna be mm-hmm. fun mm. mm-hmm. yeah i i i already have thoughts thanks
1: you're welcome. <laughs> Sounds good. That's probably... That's actually more organizations than I think when the last time we played, uh, this sound was full of monsters. So I think we're doing okay.
0: We're doing fine. We're doing fine.
1: Mm-hmm. We are working hard.
3: Yeah. Um... One of the other things that uh, we do when we're creating the town is we generate motifs, which are things that we want to see come up in play, um, maybe some overarching themes as we play out scenes, that kind of thing, and uh, the motifs that we have at the moment, and you can always add or remove motifs during play, but to start out with, we've got quite a few. Uh, carnival music in the distance that's always slightly off-key, bitter reunions, shadows too dark for the light that cast them, the changing of stars, the lies we tell, the truths we keep silent, the marks we leave on others, and pulled threads. Uh, If there are any others that we'd like to add before we start play, uh, speak now or hold your peace until we're playing. (laughs) Hmm.
1: What about, given the existence of two of these characters these days, uh, something involved, like, I'm thinking of, like, a shattered mirror, like, things broken or he, like just, like, multifaceted, like, or aspects of a thing. I'm doing a really poor job of verbalizing this, but just the notion of something both whole and also broken.
2: Mm-hmm the light reflecting off of internal fractures
1: perhaps ooh, I mean, fractures
0: yeah, fractures is good shattered mirror really resonates with me as well, which I might actually drop as
3: a tag oh, that's good yeah. and the final part of town generation is to create a few mysteries, which are questions that we might try to pursue during the course of play um one of the things about the mysteries that it explicitly states in the book, uh, players should feel absolutely no obligation to conclusively solve any of the mysteries that they establish. Uh, this town is full of monsters. is inspired by a very particular genre, and said genre, despite what some fans might desire, tends to focus on questions. Answers are optional. So, uh, some of the the questions that we're choosing to pursue. Uh, we can use them as plot hooks. We don't have to pursue them. If other things come up in play, we can add to this list. Um, one of the mysteries is who is running this horror show. Another is children are being born with strange abilities. What is the source? Is the portal sentient? And what is Vi? Ha <laughs> ha!
0: What a great mystery that will never be solved.
3: It's wow. it's a great mystery that leads us into uh into the final part of setup for this town is full of monsters which is creating characters. So as Sam mentioned um we are uh in our last of our six arcs before we get into the movie. Uh so you probably already guessed who we're playing but uh <laughs> this town is full of monsters has some really great character generation questions. So, uh, let's go ahead and get into our characters, starting with the mysterious Vi Dumarche.
0: That's me! Hi, uh, I am playing, uh, today I will be playing Vi Dumarche. Uh, they use no pronouns. You'll notice that I said they here. That's because I am playing two versions of Vi Dumarche today. Um because if you'll remember a few arcs back vi got uh <laughs> shattered sure we'll call it that uh fragments of vi exist across time now um so i am playing two versions of vi uh neither version of vi uses pronouns but i may if i'm speaking collectively about the vi's i will probably use they pronouns uh it's they plural um Vi's profession, uh, is free, as in freedom, uh, for the, the shadow version of Vi, and, uh, whatever the opposite of a soothsayer is for the living version of Vi. Yes, I will get more into that, um, I don't feel like that needs to necessarily be, like, a big story reveal that, like, there's two versions of Vi in this game. Uh, hobbies, uh, Vi's hobbies are none, um... It's not, no, no hobbies. Uh, Vi's skill set is being extremely creepy, keeping secrets, and forging promises. Uh, with a side note, the living version is somewhat softer, but has the same skill set. Um, this is probably the only game where we are going to get the closest to ever seeing Vi, how Vi looked in life. Um, but even so, uh, appearance wise, Vi is not something that you are able to really look at directly and get an actual sense of what Vi looks like. Uh, that's just, it, it just doesn't work out for anyone involved. Um, all characters in these games have uh, tags associated with them. This is my favorite part of character creation, even though it was the hardest part in this case. So Vi's tags are fragmented, shattered mirrors, and balanced on the edge of a coin, but Barely. Um I think we can get into relationships after we do, after we've run through all the characters.
3: Yeah, I agree. So that brings us to our next character, uh, who is played by Jade.
1: What's up? Uh, I am once again uh, playing Nezami Kazel. Uses any pronouns. Faith uh, Fair uh, should be on the list of pronouns occasionally used. Profession is information broker slash bookseller because there are some things that can't be trusted to the digital. Uh, there is security in the physical. Uh, hobbies are playing piano and bookbinding. Skill set is finding information, knowing the law and how best to work with and around it, and knives. <laughs> General appearance long dark hair threaded with silver with a side shave and a scalp tattoo of a flowering vine dark eyes the right of which uh has the pupil iris and sclera all the same inky black Uh, graceful hands and a well-practiced smile a little on the short side uh when they're rare occasion they're barefoot but the build of a dancer likes to dress well i only have the two tags right now uh badass bookworm and silk spinner and i'll expand on that later maybe Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to get on the relationships later. So that's
3: yep.
2: fair. Nice. Uh, I'm playing Sabriel Cohen. Uh, his profession is activist, leader, and scholar. Hobbies are chess, which uh, they are very good at, but I am not because I don't know anything about chess. Additional hobbies are tinkering and space drugs. Uh, Skill set is charisma, leadership, and the occult. General appearance, you know, messy, deep dark circles under their eyes with bushy, unkempt hair, very long sort of flowing clothing, definitely likes to be sort of covered in as much fabric as possible and a little grimy. Lives in not, lives in not the greatest part of town. Sabriel's tags are justice must be done. Idle hands are the devil's playthings. Those are his two tags. We'll get into the relationships
4: afterwards.
3: Uh, And, as you have probably guessed, um, I'll be playing Galador Inderwall. Blade's pronouns are uh, Blade self pronouns. Uh, Blade's profession is weapon. Uh, Galador's hobbies are chess, but Blade's not the best at it. Whittling, because it's something to do with Blade's hands and a knife that isn't killing. But again, Blade's not the best at it. And uh, Blade also likes mending things with a needle and thread but Blade is very bad at it. (laughs) Ah! Blade's skill set is uh, killing, stealth, and intimidation. General appearance is uh, average height but broad, kind of late 40s, olive brown complexion, and dark hair that's just barely long enough to be pulled back into a short ponytail. Uh, Scarred, uh, wearing an eye patch. Uh, I'd never figured out uh, which eye I wanted Galador to have an eye patch on. I think it would be fun if it's the same eye as uh, Nezumi's black eye. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, think kind of like Oded Fair in The Mummy, but a bit older. Blades' tags are, I am your sword, still waters run deep, and it's not paranoia if they're trying to kill you. So, now that we know who all uh, we are, uh, one of the other things that we do when establishing characters is to establish uh relationships now generally it's uh one relationship per character, but uh in this case because of who we are playing and who we are as people, we decided to have uh relationships for everyone in the quote unquote team so
0: Inf- it's it's my fault we can all blame me,
1: yeah we blame you'll see you'll see why in a second we can thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) usually when this happens it's not my fault and then i go oh man i have to come up with the relationships for everyone and i was like wait a second i did it this time i actually i was the one who made all the relationships um are you the drama (laughs) i am it's it is me um okay (laughs) So, Vi's relationship with Nezumi, I'm starting with the longest one, of course. Short answer, Vi would consider consider sparing Nezumi when Vi's Revenge gives Vi all the power Vi is seeking to raise and rework the world. Uh long answer. The thing is, is that neither Nezumi, Cordelia, or Vi know that Nezumi and Vi both love Cordelia, and Vi and Nezumi inevitably grew closer in the brief time a shard of Vi was bound to Nezumi's shadow, but it wasn't really enough to bridge the gap left by That whole thing that happened. And then Vi's relationships with Galador and Sabriel are the same, uh, with one minor tweak, which is they are but a means to an end. Competent ones. And I suppose I owe Galador for my freedom. But they are still means to an end. And then this is the reason why everyone was like, oh, we can just do relationships with everybody, is I have a bonus relationship with Cordelia, who is not here, but she is here. I would rather know she is alive and does not remember me than any other alternative, but I do not think I can bear to face her with no recognition in her eyes.
1: Aw. Good shit. I'll say on mic what I said when I read that, which is Hey, Mac! Fuck you! (laughs) 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 Yeah,
0: it it came to mind and I went, alright, I have to at least write it down.
4: (laughs) That's good. It's good shit.
0: Alright and nesame's
1: relationships so relationship with sabriel skilled in his way but a wild card not quite more trouble than these worth, but th- they're on thin ice fair <clears throat> with galador largely trustworthy and genuinely competent a proven ally with enough knowledge about me to be dangerous do not make blade an enemy relationship with Vi uh I got two because there are two aspects of Vi here the shadow version uh is a confidant and advisor Vi is invaluable and the living version same suit different face cards oh and hey bonus relationship with Cordelia she brings out both the best and worst in me, and everything is more complicated when she's in my life. And then crossed out is I miss her so fucking much. Yeah, it hurts me. Hell yeah. Hell
2: oh, yeah. <clears throat> so my relationship with Galador is Blade makes me feel safe, with that, which I've rarely experienced. All other feelings aside, Blade is worth Blade's weight in gold for that alone.
0: Yikes! Ow!
2: <laughs> Sabriel's in I love. I read it
0: and it didn't, like, I read it and it didn't comprehend.
2: Yeah. Uh, bonus relationship with Cordelia is um kind of a bitch, TVH, but very handy with a weapon and relentlessly dogged in her goals, which I can respect. Um, my relationship with Nezumi is very confident, a useful connection to have if a little judgmental. And my relationship with Vi is who? Because I don't <laughs> think Sabriel has ever. Interacted with Vi over the course of nope. these games.
0: Nope, they didn't. <laughs> nope. They never interacted in the entirety of that first session. Not they once.
2: Never interacted. So It is the funniest thing. It's so fucking funny. So my relationship with Vi is just
3: you know, <sighs> yeah. good stuff. I love it. Um. So Galador's relationship with Vi is uneasy allies at the best of times, nearly unwilling allies at the worst. With Nezumi, I owed fair a debt, but now I hope we're even. Still, they could be a good ally to have in a pinch. And the relationship with Sabriel is, and I'm specifically targeting Sam with this. I would (laughs) die for him, but I suspect he would rather I live for him.
2: Got the biggest grin on my face right now.
3: (laughs) <laughs> uh, and the bonus relationship with Cordelia is she got us out of a bad situation for which I will be grateful but that does not mean I consider her a friend so hell yeah alright so um, really quick uh, is this different a different town or um, have y'all moved on since the Norlandia game or is this like the Norlandia town but In space, in a different universe. Hmm.
1: No, I think it's a different. I think it's a different place. Yeah, me too. Okay, and not just because I said Nezami. had to leave town. Yeah. Okay. Um, Neutral
0: ground to 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 for mm. Galador and Nezumi to meet up
2: as well. I I think that yeah, because Sabriel was pretty intent on not leaving town at the end of it. I think that the only reason Sabriel would was.
1: If they heard that Galador was somewhere, yeah, I mean, in, this is a the whole thing is this is a portal town, mm-hmm, sabriel could literally just be arriving hell, yeah, that was the intention, yeah, awesome, so the next thing that we do
3: is uh, we begin play now that we have all of our pieces in place, we can start playing with them. The the main flow of play is you play out scenes and depending on how the scenes go and whether you address certain motifs or mysteries, you at the end of the scene generate uh, what's called markers, which are things that allow you to establish something that's true about a person, place or thing in the form of turning them into tags. And uh, we play through scenes as we try to unravel the threads of our mysteries or establish new mysteries and get deeply
1: embroiled in this uh, mysterious little town. So do we want to start with this, maybe this visual of, like, following after, like, I'm just going to, again, peep behind the curtain, the message that uh, August just dropped, but do we want to maybe start with Sabriel's arrival? Yes, I was just thinking that. I think that'll make for a cool uh, visual that you can paint as well. Let me we look at the scene types, because the scene types in this town is full of monsters are dope as hell.
0: They're so great. Right. They're bouncing off points. They're not they're not prescriptive by any means. So if Jesus, Christmas. Um so like if Sam it's it's inspiration points. You do not have to use you don't have to use one of them. Did we gotcha. ever send you the game, Sam?
2: Uh, August did yesterday Okay good (laughs) So I'm still like squinting at it
1: I'll rattle through the scene types While Sam gets ready to paint a word picture Hell yeah That will awe and inspire Um, Oh god Slice of life slash character development uh, Confrontations Introductions Cloak and dagger Dream sequences Emergence Investigation Flashback Flash forward, revelation, cryptic revelation, major incident, and possibly the best named thing in any tabletop game ever written, Smooch Country. (laughs) It deserves to go last, so I can give it the weight and respect it deserves. Fully agree.
0: I cannot believe also that we played how many games of this town is full of monsters. We've never gone to Smooch Country. We did. We did do Smooch Country. It took us four games. <laughs>
2: That's
1: so yep. funny. And it happened with the right characters. But yes, it for all of our appreciation of Smooch Country, it took us a real long time to get there. Turns out the commute's a bit of a beast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: all right, What's I'm ready, ready to. Pa- I'm ready to paint a word picture. Let's go.
1: Okay. Our
2: scene opens on the watery surface of the portal as. A face breaks through and out onto the platform steps, a hunched figure covered in thick robes, wearing probably more than one of the clothing of the pieces of clothing that he owns in order to carry it more efficiently. Three bags slung across his chest in set various directions. As he pushes his hood back, his hair is freed and it springs forth. And Gabriel looks around hoping beyond hope to see who he's looking for, but obviously not. He's got an idea. He pulls out a piece of paper from his jacket. He reads it again. All it says is an address. The address of this particular port. And as the portal fizzles to a close behind him into its sleep state, where it is kept alive, but much smaller, the light dims in the room and, uh, walks out I just I like the idea of the portals being like big when they're needed and then when they're not needed they're kept alive and open but like the size of a fist.
3: It's good.
1: Mm, it's
2: real good. So that's how you can send letters and stuff through it. It's for mail.
1: There's also like the notion there that either they can't shut the portal down completely or they're scared too cuz they don't know if they'll be able to open it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of which are interesting possibilities.
2: Mm-hmm. Because the portal is a natural thing. It was here first and we built the infrastructure around it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: So it makes sense we can't close it all the way.
4: Just contain it. And use it for
2: the postal service. <laughs> Do
1: we want to give the portal a tag, then? Or a marker? We should give the portal a tag. I say based on, on that? bit of conversationing yeah. we just had. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it gets a how many markers? Is it three markers to get it, a- and then you can transmute them into a tag? No, I think mm. it's just
0: one. It's one to one.
1: Yeah, it's one to one.
0: Yeah, it's one to one. You can you can transmute a marker into a tag at any time.
3: Yeah, we never put down the original tag, but based on the uh conversation we had, I'm putting the original tag for the portal as living. That's very sexy. Love that.
0: Yeah, I was thinking something-something-something-beating-heart.
2: Ooh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just watching the words something-something-beating-heart be typed into the, the doc is very funny.
3: Yeah, something-something-beating-heart. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. All right, do we want to continue in the turn order, or... Uh, go to the top of the turn order now that we have been introduced to our town.
1: Continue in the turn order. Of course. Yeah, come on, August. We don't have to draw this out. We can literally throw these two characters together, like, pretty fast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's why
2: you were asking,
1: I see.
0: (laughs) Me me saying continue in the turn order was twofold. One, obviously I want to throw these two characters together immediately. Two, I me follow that how
3: (laughs) well here's the thing i think it would be funny if this is also galador arriving from a different angle and hasn't had the chance to drop vi off yet (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's go let's go let's go incredible so the camera moves from the Portal Authority building where Sabriel has just emerged. Sa- Sabriel is going through customs when, when Galador shows up. Well, Galador's coming in from a different, a different angle. I think Galador's coming in actually from outside of the town. And what we see outside of the town is not quite a forest. Because the life... ...here is almost unrecognizable as life. It's twisted. There are things that should not be branching this way. Detritus that has sprouted strange budding things... ...that aren't quite fungus. And there's a single shuttle that's zooming through this area that hits the outskirts of town where the wildness gives way to run down buildings some of which are abandoned some of which are relegated to the more marginalized people who live in this town and the shuttle eventually makes its way to the heart of the city surrounding the portal and lets several passengers off at the entrance of the portal authority one of those passengers steps off the shuttle and we see at blade's feet a shadow that is darker than you would think given the time of day and the position of the lighting
0: august how did you know that was exactly what i was going to say like Basically, word for word.
3: <laughs> nice, because we're we we have a connection. Our characters are connected, and so are we.
0: Holy shit! I was literally going to be like, "Can I add a detail here?"
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jesus! <laughs> All right, take <It's> my <laughs> job from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go.
3: Yeah, and mm. Galador shifts. A bag that Blade has over Blade's shoulder and steps into the Portal Authority. Blade's eye scanning through the crowds because Sabriel's portal is not the only portal and Sabriel was not the only person to come through. But uh, thankfully for Blade, they're fairly recognizable. And Blade raises one hand. And waves it in just an efficient motion to get Sabriel's attention as uh, he makes his way out of customs. So,
4: Sabriel stops, blinks,
2: and then he breaks out into a run and basically throws himself at Galador. Imagine, like, a six foot six extremely lanky person fully koala wrapping
3: themselves around uh how how tall did we say Geldor was? Not very, right? Average height, so maybe five nine, five ten, somewhere around there.
2: Okay. It's still real weird looking. Yeah. Uh I'm imagining that it's not gonna knock Blade over because Blade's a little bit too solid for that. And yeah. Sabriel doesn't weigh enough to knock Blade over. <laughs> but uh it's definitely like uh you know it's sweet but also a little goofy looking
3: yeah and And i I think no go ahead i
2: was gonna say and sabriel definitely isn't crying about it don't look at his fucking face don't look at me
3: galador like definitely raises blade's arms and like holds holds on to to sabriel and eventually is just like i'm very glad to see you
4: yeah same very muffled i'm definitely not crying don't look at me
2: (sighs) face just like you know what fuck it sabriel's just gonna be like like sabriel's legs are still like wrapped firmly around galador's hips like i'm saying koala like fucking like hardcore. Mm -hmm. They take their hands away from, you know, being wrapped firmly around Galador's shoulders, both cheeks, hands on them, but, like, maybe a little bit less uh, obnoxious about it.
3: Yeah. Galador definitely kisses back, but it's a little more reserved, and I suspect strongly that Mac is going to perform an interjection here. Oh,
0: yeah. Vi is... Vi is a hundred percent not not. Sabriel can't hear Vi, but but <laughs> Galador hears Vi go. Ugh, save me! And like the shadow on the floor becomes the right shade because <laughs> Vi has has decided to go into the shadow between the bag and Galador's back, so that <gasps> Vi doesn't have to see this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fuck, I just blew my guy like so bad. Anyways, yes, I love I love Vi very much. Sabriel has no idea this is happening. Sabriel's busy smooching his partner?
3: Yeah.
0: And like I said, Sabriel can't hear Vi anyway. That's so funny. It's
3: just Galador. <sighs> Sabriel feels Galador tense a little in response to Vi's statement, but Blade does not, like, try to disentangle or anything like that. And finally, Blade says, you know, pulls back a little to, like, look at Sabriel's face. Oh, no. Like, really look. <laughs> oh, no. And, and Blade says, you look like shit. What happened? <laughs> Um,
4: tell you about it later because a lot happened it's a long story
3: I have a duty to fulfill here if you want to come with me you can tell me along the way yeah I'll take that and I think that's seen
2: mm, I'm so glad they're together again I'm so glad they're together again
3: <laughs> <laughs> me too so, at the end of each scene, we're supposed to give a marker. I think that... I think that that marker should probably go to Sabriel oh, yeah. at this point, um, because I feel like that scene has the, the most potential to have changed something in Sabriel, so... Hell yeah. I don't think we hit any of the motifs. We have... uh. We definitely hit the shadows too dark for light that cast them, but that's just because... That's 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 true. That's just
2: Vi existing.
3: Yeah, that's true, but in that case, Vi gets a marker, too. Okay. Alright, so... um, I kind of feel like we're potentially just going in chronological order, you know, close chronological order for now, but... um, for now. Yeah.
0: Cause I th- it, I think it has to be the handoff next. Yeah. And then we can kind of bounce a little bit.
3: Yeah. After the handoff, then we've got other things that we can occupy ourselves with, but this is most pressing. So let's fucking go.
0: Okay. It's gotta be it's gotta be at Nezumi's shop, right? Nezumi's established here, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's got to be, I can't fucking do shit because I'm a shadow, mm-hmm. so Galador has to be the one to go wherever.
1: Yeah. And I'm here too. Here's the thing, I actually wanted to clarify, you said about Galador is there to make the transfer, was Blade expecting to go to Santa Lays? Is that why Blade's at the portal? Or how do we want to spin it? What I was originally thinking is that, like Galador
3: and Nezumi maybe had like a dead drop or something, uh, some mm-hmm. way to communicate that was that was fairly on the down low, and Nezumi gave Galador instructions to be here. Okay, if that's if that works for you. If that's not interesting for you, I'm open to.
1: No, that works for me. Uh, it it don't have to be nothing fancy. I was just okay. wanting to make sure i was on the same page um well why not go to a bar of some medium level of repute where nobody (laughs) asks questions yeah so
3: so this finds us in the uh
1: ever-present monkey's uncle huh where there's a port or a means of egress for long distance travel there's a monkey's uncle it's an ftl bylaw it's true I imagine that, because of how I always picture dive bars, it's low lit enough that Vi can probably move around, isn't yeah. obliged to like stay stuck, uh, mm-hmm. attached to any one person.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. The only place that's decently well lit is probably the stage, and I bet that there's. Because I've been playing a little bit of Hard Space Shipbreaker, I'm imagining that there's somebody on the stage with an acoustic guitar just kind of, like, plucking away.
2: Anyways, here's Space Wonderwall.
3: Well, no, more like... Blues? Like, an ancient like, Union country song. Oh, fuck yeah, that's way cooler. Oh, so it's Carrie, gotcha. (laughs) Oh, shit, yes. (laughs) We love you, Richard. So, you know, just... Just somebody plucking away on an acoustic guitar uh, in the background, but that's really the only place that's decently well lit. Mm -hmm.
0: Small detail in a corner uh, is the other Mm Vi.
1: Yes, good.
0: I don't necessarily think. I mean, y'all can see Vi if you want, but I'm not going to play that one. Vi's just there.
3: Mm -hmm. I have a question. Would Galador? Would there be any spark of recognition since Galador has spent potentially a fairly long time with uh, Vi attached a attached to Blade?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Probably a stronger one for Nezumi, but Galador would there there would be a there would be a
3: note there would be a, like a huh okay yeah that's that's what I was uh what I was thinking so cool not going to pursue that, just going to file that away for later, but you know. So, yeah, Galador's scanning for recognizable someone and uh, kind of like, has I don't know if it's more in character for Blade to like have one of Sabriel's hands in Blades, or if Blade has like just a a little bit of Sabriel's sleeve in one hand to like lead him along
2: I imagine Sabriel is just like chattering about like what's been going down like recapping the previous game Mm.
1: Mm. I will say Nezemi is not there yet but as the group sort of comes in and looks around like Somebody leaves the bar, and me's going to get there in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we
3: claim a table, kind of off to one side, like maybe a booth where like the bulb on the on the light above the booth has burnt out, so that way you know Vi's more comfortable.
0: Vi is like grumbling, like God, I wish I had a body right now. <laughs> <coughs> Not exactly that, but, like, that's the bare bones of the statement.
3: Yeah, Galador's just, like, almost, like, if Vi didn't know better, Vi would almost think that Galador is teasing when Blade whispers, what, is my body not up to your standards? What was that?
0: (laughs) Vi is just like, oh, no, I just mean I want a drink. And unfortunately... You drinking
3: does nothing for me. Galador just kind of nods and then to Sabriel Blade says just talking to well I don't know that Galador has explained Vi during the time that they were going to the monkey's <laughs> uncle.
1: No, it's the funnier if the answer is no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, Sabriel was Sabriel was too busy explaining the last arc. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Did did yeah. did Galador ever tell Sabriel about Vi? Because if this is the first introduction, then that's absolutely hysterical.
3: I I don't know. Like, I I don't know if Vi ever came up even even during the the game that uh, you know like the downtime between episodes in the game that Galador and Sabriel shared. So, um, yeah, perfection.
0: That's perfection. So good. That's so good.
3: The only thing that Galador explained was before Blade left, Blade was like, I have to fulfill a debt and I will return, kind of thing. So when Galador says that, Blade's just like, it's a long story as well. But I will explain in the meantime, just know that we are not alone.
2: Samuel just kind of like looks around and is like, are we
3: bug? Galador snorts.
0: No, not bugged. Just watched. Uh, that that was out of character. That's that's yeah. me saying. That's me saying. The living Vi notices y'all.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Galador just snorts and says, "It's a long story, but I will explain."
2: Yeah. You'll have to tell me about it later.
3: And is that when Nezami
1: walks in? Yeah, because yes, um, Nezumi looks a little sharper through fair features and there is a few silver hairs that weren't there the last certainly not the last time uh, Galador saw him maybe not even the last time Sabriel did so though I wouldn't trust Sabriel to notice anyway (laughs) he's got things that he would consider more important to pay attention to it's fine but yeah, a lot of sort of. Uh, just because I, I made the Hero for like, there's this like sweep of dark makeup across uh, the top part of Nezumi's face. It marginally disguises the all black eye, and their hair is loose on that side of their face. But. Uh, Galador is a pretty distinct looking person, and also uh, they know where to look. So come over and you hear sort of like. You don't quite hear the click of boots because the the music is of a decent volume to cover it. But Nesmi slides into the booth and just looks at Sabriel in mild disbelief. Uh, Yeah, I'm like, oh! Just gives a silent
2: wave. Hello, Sabriel.
1: Of course. And
2: uh, how have you...
1: Been.
3: Fine. Acceptable?
1: I, I didn't ask. You're here, so I assume you're fine.
4: <laughs>
1: Do you still have that? And this is them deliberately being a shit.
2: no. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
1: and, and just does this gesture around the top of. Sabreel's head. That little issue? Yes, that's. Uh, yes, yeah. Mm, I,
2: unfortunately.
1: I told you I'd look into that if you wanted. And have you? Vi, Vi is laughing
0: softly in Galador's ear.
3: Galador arches an eyebrow and looks between. Nezomi and Sabriel, but doesn't say anything.
1: And have you looked into it? You didn't ask. So <laughs> no, I said I would if you asked.
2: Um, well, I would
4: appreciate it if you found anything you
2: would let me know.
1: I, know I just looked at Galador. <laughs> <laughs> I assume everything went well.
3: I'm trying to decide what word Galador would use <laughs> for Vi here. Mm-hmm.
0: Vi is already I, okay. I'll save you for I'll save you here, August. Vi is already left. Slips along the shadows up Nezumi's shoulder and says, "Peachy." my magician.
3: The queen has been
1: delivered. I think <laughs> just something in Nezmi's posture just shifts a little bit, like in a similar way to Galador. Nezmi is hyper aware of her surroundings pretty much all the time, like healthy sense of self-preservation. But there's definitely like this shift in their posture then maybe they've relaxed just a little bit <laughs> a smidgen and i think galador
3: says what do i owe you for looking into this and blade gestures to sabriel's head in a similar fashion to nesime but is keeping like a complete stone face while doing it uh, but I think Vi understands that Galador is confused and also a little worried, just because Vi's been with Blade for a while.
0: Yeah, and yeah.
3: they've been so close.
0: Literally, Vi Vi is like, oh, like oh, I can, oh, I can read Blade's micro expressions now. That's not good. Hmm.
1: <laughs> Nezumi sort of like. There is a faint flicker of a smirk of amusement. And Nezumi says, You don't owe me anything. Nor will you. If it comes to a point where I need something, we can discuss the terms. But looking into things is what I do.
3: Galador nods, looks between Nezumi and Sabriel again, and says to Sabriel... I was running an extraction mission at Mix Cazelle's request. I extracted and this this pause is in character because Galador doesn't quite know how to characterize Vi (laughs) and uh, Blade finally settles on. I extracted an incorporeal entity. Close enough. Can
2: Sabriel see Vi because of Sabriel's nope. weird shit. Uh, we haven't explained Sabriel's what? weird shit. Oh my god! No, you yeah. haven't. I don't.
1: Yeah, know this shit. is this is where Desdemona says, "Oh well, Sabriel understands a little bit more about incorporeal entities themselves these days, don't you?"
4: Unfortunately, a great pain in my head and in my in my ass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sabriel probably doesn't want to try and look at Vi then. Out of character, just for out of character information, part of Sabriel's consciousness now exists outside of them. Like in the astral plane, or the digital space, or um, the mesh, however we want to characterize
0: yeah. it. Oh my god, Sabriel.
1: <laughs> Sabriel did a lot of drugs that make you astral project, and then because he already had some weird shit, it did not go back in like it was supposed to. Yeah.
0: Okay, so Sabriel can Sabriel can probably involuntarily see Vi.
1: Or at least have, like, that awareness, like, yeah. this patch yeah. of shadow that is a different density or colour or however you want to yeah. flavour it. Oh, so
0: what you what you get then is, Nezumi, Vi hisses, can you please make him stop looking at me?
2: Yeah, Sabriel's definitely, like, squinting at
1: Nezumi's shoulder, like... He's trying I, I will if... literally snap my fingers in front of your face. Mm. Sabriel, don't look.
4: And why shouldn't I?
1: Because it's rude.
2: He's going to raise an eyebrow, but, you know, and roll his eyes. I also but...
1: have no idea what will happen to your sanity if you try. This I can respect. <laughs>
2: He's still gonna be. He's still gonna be trying to like catch a glance out of the corner of his eye, but he's no longer being quite so obvious about it.
0: Also, like ostensibly, Vi is not at Nezumi's shoulder. That's just where Nezumi can hear Vi. Because Vi is Vi is in the shadows. Mm. It's easier to be in a specific place when uh, there's more shadows. But Vi also is more comfortable being closer to. Nesami than Vi was to Galador, so like Nesami can hear Vi's voice closer to fair than Galador could.
1: Mm, got it.
0: But it's not like a physical location.
1: It. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's more like Nesami has that slight turning towards the sound, or it's like um, it's not quite a tick, but it's almost like a, again a micro expression, the same way that like. Mm. People lean into their phones and stuff like that when someone's talking to them. Like it isn't like Nezabie's actually hearing via with their ears, but humans are weird, <laughs> and this is how we do things. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: So how have I never heard about this person before?
1: That's a very good question. Considering our. Uh meeting sabriel's eyebrows
2: somehow go even higher has this entity been with us been hanging around since this since the prison
1: i should leave you two to catch up
0: in fairness in or it it, doesn't say that Vi is just like to to his credit did spend the majority of my time in prison with Cordelia. Hmm. You can't hear that.
2: What if I could though? No. But what if he could though?
0: What if I no. could
1: though? <laughs> oh, you weren't supposed to. What if it's like when you're in water, like, and somebody's talking to you from above the water, and maybe, maybe he can hear something but can't hear the words.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Vi, Vi would probably be deeply unhappy with this, but, like, you know what? So is Sabriel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Neither of them like this situation. Neither of them well. is enjoying this.
0: <laughs> no, if Sabriel acknowledges anything that Vi just said, Vi is like, I need to leave.
1: <laughs> yeah. nesme will get up from the table. Um, What if that's the moment where they notice living Cordelia?
0: or living Vi,
1: living Vi. my apologies. yes look i am who i am and nesmi who Nezmi is
0: Nezmi mm. and vi both thinking about cordelia just manifests her in the monkey's uncle
1: <laughs> <laughs> now i'm just thinking about fucking cordelia and soul meeting and that's just a blast <laughs> to leather jacket wearing lesbians causing yeah. shit hell yeah yep how does um that Vi react?
0: You st- like like you still can't like get a good read on like 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 you can't clock anything mm-hmm. about Vi. Well, Nezumi gets pretty close. Nezumi gets the eyebrow raise of interest. The oh, I see what's happening here. Because like this is this is a fragment of Vi that's split off from the rest, and Vi has the living Vi has sense memory of mm. the party, um, but not like actual memory. So Vi goes, Oh, I know you, and I recognize myself hovering over your shoulder, or in your shadow, rather, for, you know, spatial spatial sake, so we don't have a repeat of the last incident. And is mm. like, hmm. Let's see how this pans out, you know,
1: and I think Nezumi goes to sleep, but before doing so, we'll slip a card to onto the bar, like for the for the shop mm-hmm. um, and just says a drink for the patron in the corner, take that with it, and walks out
0: <laughs> the, the The poor bartender looks over to the corner and is going to have nightmares for two weeks.
1: Oh,
2: no. (laughs) Oh, great. This is
3: beautiful. I love this game. (laughs) Great game. Great players. Is that scene?
0: I think that scene.